0: Hi, and welcome to the Courageous Mama. How are you all doing today? If you're in England and Canada, I'm guessing you're finding some ways to keep warm. Not the case for those of you patching in from Australia and New Zealand. I bet you're on the beach (laughs) with your earplugs in. And for those of you in South and North America, I guess it varies. Let me know where you listen to this in your car, at the gym, where's your favourite place? I know that some of you have candidly admitted that I'm a sleep aid. (laughs) I can cope with that. It's quite common for podcasters to be told by listeners that we're used to help them to get to sleep. We're here to help. And in an honest moment, I do do it myself. Although last night I didn't. I was cuddling a newborn for most of the night. Some of you will be aware that we foster It's been 14 years since I did the night shift, to the day in fact. Happy birthday to our Johnny, 14 today. But I know you're not all asleep, because I got some great feedback. Some of you really enjoyed the Enneagram 8. That obviously resonated for a number of you, and there was one chap in particular who said that he could really see himself in it. And it was enlightening for him to understand what it's like to be in his company. So thank you for that. And also thank you for the feedback on last week's podcast with sex therapist Emma Waring. I had a great message on my Instagram about it. The woman started by saying, I'm thrilled that you're podcasting again. I've missed it. Thank you. And then goes on to say that she went to meet a client and she was listening to my podcast on the way. And then when she went into the client meeting, her Apple Watch kept flashing up, reminding her that she was in the middle of a podcast And it kept flashing up, sex therapist, sex therapist, and scrolling it through. And she noticed that the clients were distracted by her watch and had spotted it. As she puts it, like some unabashed calendar appointment. So then she hastily tried to swipe and get rid of it. And then the watch announced, do your stress levels seem high? Why not try breathing for a moment? I thought that was just great but she did also say I thought it was excellent, presented really well in a down-to-earth way that was accessible and insightful. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that I highly recommend it. This week I'm continuing the series on the Enneagram types and today's type is the Peacemaker which is on the Enneagram type 9 what's the Enneagram? Well do go back and listen to 8 if you haven't because it gives quite a comprehensive rundown of what we're achieving here but in short it's a super tool that helps people to find who they are and what makes them tick, how other people experience them and how to hone their superpowers and of course we're going to be looking at it from a parenting perspective so today is how to parent the peacemaker. The peacemaker is a very happy, go with the flow, do what other people want to do type of person. They get their peace from knowing that those around them are happy, or at least content. Their motivation is their need to keep the peace and blend with others to avoid conflict. And they have some fantastic strengths as well. They're natural mediators, They're unthreatened by people who hold strong or even adverse perspectives. And they're good at helping opposing people to find common ground. On the challenging side, they can find it hard to get in touch with their own needs, which means they can shy away from taking risks of posing their own opinion or standing up for themselves. And that can be hard as a parent to see past because it comes across as kindness and we value that. And sometimes their true opinions and needs can get overlooked. Sound like your child? Sound like you? Sound like anyone you know? Enneagram type nines are easy to like and you might use these words to describe them. Uncontrolling, laid back, go with the flow, Kind, selfless, otherly, thoughtful, tranquil, unjudgy, unhurried. But you might also say undriven at times, maybe use the word lazy, possibly more inertia, easily distracted and slow to make decisions. They won't be all of these, but if a high percentage correlates to the person you have in mind, they could well be a type nine. A peacemaker. And we need this type of person. If your child has these characteristics, I'm sure people have reassured you that they'll always be that good friend to people. But all these strengths need to be harnessed in the right way so they don't tip into self-forgetfulness or a tendency to be out of touch with themselves. Their strengths need to be harnessed in the right way. Let's look at a few famous type nines. Queen Elizabeth II, some of the US presidents, Reagan, Abraham Lincoln, Obama, there are a few more, our own Audrey Hepburn, Ariana Grande, Keanu Reeves, Billie Eilish. This is conjecture, of course, but fairly well agreed on by experts in the Enneagram. So as you can see, they can do great things with their lives. But if they haven't quite learned to hone their strengths or been guided by wise parents, their strengths can make a mess. So on the positive side, type nines can support others. They broker peace. They can defend others. They can respect other people's perspectives, even if they differ. They can be the wind under people's wings. They're often unambitious and make a fantastic number two. They're secure enough not to jostle for position. They know their strengths and they see the good in others. They can be a calming influence in a home or a work setting. They can allow others to feel unconditionally accepted. They can inspire. They can stand up for justice. And they tend to live in a place of gratitude and optimism but they can also frustrate people by their lack of decision making. Or those around them can feel the pressure that when there's a mutual decision to be made, it's on them because the type nine doesn't want to stand up for what they really want. And they can be hard to connect with if they won't let their needs and their feelings show. The peacemaker can just give the impression that all is well at all times, when actually, sometimes deep inside, they might be quietly angry or even resentful. A few years ago, we were invited to apply for a scholarship for one of our children. The process wasn't a small one, so I was quite keen to ask about our child's real chances before we went ahead. And the school liaison made all the right noises and led me to believe that our child was in with a very high chance. Once we'd been through the whole process, I realised that there were some criteria that that child wouldn't be able to meet and actually we could have been spared the trouble and the false expectation. The liaison meant really well and they enjoyed having us buoyed after each conversation. But in reality, it wasn't a reality. It felt more like we were dealing with someone who preferred optimism to realism and that made them feel good It was a lovely trait, but it wasn't helpful for us in that scenario. And so it is with nines. Sometimes they're so focused on making others feel good, in all good spirit, they overlook reality and can leave people feeling bemused. So that's the area that the type nine could hone, to have the ability to feel safe to connect with their real feelings, even when they're not positive feelings or they're not feelings of agreement and that's where we come in. As parents, we can help to hone and mature their gifts. And why all this truth avoidance? During early childhood, we pick up all sorts of messages, and these messages inform our behaviors, which come out of, in fact, our core beliefs. Now, the experiences could be something very small An incidental that has influenced a child's thinking. Of course, it could be a huge thing like a parental breakup or a trauma of some kind. There are lots of things that influence the way our children will think when they're small that will carry on through to adulthood. But there are also just some tiny little ways. Maybe a scenario where they were encouraged to fight their corner. Or maybe a child had an unkind classmate and the parent or teacher said, don't make a big deal of it keep out of it, let it pass. And at a young age, experiences or advice from an influential person can form a view on the world in that person. And they use that information for their survival in difficult circumstances. In the case of the peacemaker, they get by in life by just keeping quiet, avoiding trouble, letting things pass even if it means not getting heard or standing up for themselves. But whatever upbringing you've had or offered your own children, no matter how wonderful it was or is, they will have picked up messages from things that they've seen and heard, ways that we've behaved as parents that will form their core belief. And so somewhere along the line, a peacemaker has worked out that they can derive emotional peace in themselves by putting other people's peace before their own. Laying low or giving in just makes life easier. Do you know anyone like that? And they develop a habit of putting other people's needs before their own. And that can mean that sometimes they need to keep their own needs and desires to themselves just in case they don't get met. Because it's easier not to have a need than to have a need that doesn't get met, to be disappointed. So becoming acquiescent in this way is what can be called their survival method. It's quite a sort of big term, isn't it, for such a small kind of everyday thing that they carry in their heart. And it's not life and death survival, but that place where they can protect their own peace but as well as being their survival method, it's also their superpower. They are kind, they are thoughtful, they don't always have to be right, they don't always have to win, they don't jostle to be in first position. I wonder if Pumbaa from The Lion King was a peacemaker. Don't go back and face your life calling Simba, hang out with us, Hakuna Matata let it go, move aside, don't be a troublemaker, is the survival message of Pumbaa. And it's the survival message of a type nine. And they can take that approach all the way through life, for good at times, but also for the bad and the messy. So the critical piece of the Enneagram is to see what childhood story you're still living in and where the growth and maturity needs to be addressed. And the job of us as parents is to see if there are some characteristics we can help our children to harness for good, so that their challenges, which have given them their superpower, are not used for self defence or survival, but for good, strong mental health. So, just to remind you, the motivation of a peacemaker is that they're looking to avoid feelings of discord. They like to meet other people's needs and avoid having needs of their own so that they don't feel disappointed or feel the discomfort of a lack of harmony because that just feels too big for them. They're wired to avoid disagreement of any sort. There are other character types that share the peacemaker's desire to bring peace or to lay low but it might not be their guiding force. So with an Enneagram 9, it's this key motivating factor that defines them. And as with all Enneagram types, they exhibit different characteristics depending on whether they're in stress mode or security mode. We all do, don't we? You know that when you're stressed, you behave in ways that you don't behave when you're feeling chill and secure and all's well with the world. So the peacemaker can have a tendency in stress mode to go to self-protection and set the benchmark for their needs really low, which means that when they're in that mode, they're not even tuned into their own needs. You might say they can be asleep at the wheel of their own life, not share their own opinion or preferences, and that can leave other people feeling disconnected from them. If you don't know somebody's needs, you can't really get to the nub of who they are. I'm just interrupting this week's podcast for a little diversion. Over the past few weeks, I've had some great conversations with many of you. Because in November and December, I added the option of a 15 minute chat for those who would like to if you buy the book. And I've realised through those conversations that people would like some more information on what parent coaching involves. I use the word coaching but I also use the word consulting and sometimes mentoring because it doesn't sort of wholly fit in any of those categories. They're all client-led, but a coach tends not to advise where a consultant does. So I see what the client needs and some parents want to work out their own solutions and some want some parenting tools and advice to get them out of whatever spot that they're in that they need help for. They still make their own choices but with some ideas to choose from. I used to see only two clients a week. It was all I could do with home education and fostering. But now that I'm not home educating, I've had space for a few more. I still have a cap on it because we do foster, but I do have clients every week and I have some wonderful emails and texts and had conversations with parents that I've supported over the last 14 years, including comments like, this has saved our marriage. So some people might be heading to marriage counselling and realise actually what they're arguing about is their different parenting styles. So when they can get that sorted out, they realise their marriage is in fine form. And another person said, the volume has come down in our house. Someone else said, I don't feel constantly out of control anymore. Another, I don't compare myself to other parents anymore. In fact, I've had that quite a lot. But one of my favourites was a picture of a beautiful and appreciative and loving card to a mum from her daughter. The daughter wasn't speaking to either of her parents, but they came and they had some sessions and they had a great outcome and a year down the line, she patched in just to tell me how well it was going. And that really warms my heart. A session typically involves a parent or parents wanting space to share something that they'd like to find a solution for in family life. For example, there might be clashes between a child and parent or two children, some boundary issues over chores, phones, friends, times, times they come in, times they go out, times they get up, times they don't. Or there may be a school issue or quite commonly parents that love each other dearly but have those different parenting styles I alluded to earlier. And the children, they find the gaps, don't they? They divide and conquer. So we really get on top of that. And then there are eating difficulties, neurodiversity, trauma in the family. Over the last number of years, I've seen wide and varied reasons for parents to need a little bit of support and just time of their own to chat through their issue and get past their hurdles. And there's a link in the show notes with more information and a page on my website where you can find out more. Now back to How to Parent the Peacemaker If you don't know somebody's needs, you can't really get to the nub of who they are. You can't feel that satisfactory connection of having met their needs if you can't fathom their needs, if they're not sharing them or they don't know they've got them. You know that wonderful feeling of doing something for someone or giving them something that just makes their day or brings them pleasure? You can only do that for people who acknowledge they have a need it's quite hard to delight a peacemaker sometimes. But even a peacemaker can have a tipping point. Their reserves of otherliness can burst their banks and as genial as they seem at times, they can explode when pushed past their tolerance and it's this ex- and this explosion can erupt without notice because they along with the type eight are in what's called the anger triad. There's three types that are in the anger triad and they have an anger that is often suppressed or repressed. Too much leaning over for others can build resentment. They can get themselves over committed, they can doubt themselves, they can feel used. So if you've got a child who feels pushed around or bullied at school and they're in survival mode, you'll notice them become passive and avoidant and even withdrawn, but you then might notice An uncharacteristically aggressive response. And that can come as a surprise. However, when they're in security mode, you'll see them emerge from their self-protective camouflage. They'll offer opinions. They'll prioritise and strategise to make good decisions for themselves and attend to their own needs. And they'll even allow others to support them but it can take a journey of self-discovery and awareness and security to get to that place. I remember a while ago being in a conversation with a few people and feeling slightly surprised by the reactions of one friend who seemed to agree with another person's perspective, even though I was quite sure they didn't really agree. They even began mirroring that person's language and behavior and it felt a little disorientating. I would conject that they might be a type 9. They were sensing that the strong opinion could cause conflict, so they leaned towards agreeing rather than putting their own views forward. The mirrored language and mannerisms were all part of merging with that person or with that group. A peacemaker tends to merge, and then you can feel like you're a bit confused or losing sight of who they really are. Now that other person will have felt valued and affirmed and probably to this day thinks my friend agreed with them. But the one closer to the peacemaker, me in this scenario, will be confused and may even feel that lines of integrity have been crossed. But of course the peacemaker won't always realise that in their retreating, they might be causing confusion and in turn, that very discord that they live to avoid. They never intend harm, they're peacemakers, but their lack of self-knowledge can disturb the peace. Sound like anyone you know? And that's why it's critical for us as parents to hone their superpowers so it isn't used in unhealthy ways that subvert their authenticity and take away their perceived right to a voice and confuse those close to them. If you're parenting a peacemaker, you may well feel conflicted about whether you want to step in and mature this child out of their lovely, otherly, seemingly kind and generous characteristics. There might be that niggle in you that feels that they are too kind and easy at times, but your tension could be, but do I really want to change that? Do I want to tip the apple cart? It's a peaceful way of living. Why challenge it? Their teacher may say they're a dream in class, helpful, agreeable, never causing waves. And at home they might be acquiescent, low maintenance, and always bringing the peace. So why fix it? But if you're anything like me, and you want your children to be deeply known, and genuinely happy, and confident and secure, then you'll appreciate the value of seeing past their apparent motive to bring harmony all the way to their hidden underlying need, because they do have one. The peacemaker's core desire, under all that people pleasing, under all that desire for harmony, is a greater desire. And that's for people to want to know their opinions and hear their quiet voice among the louder voices. They want to feel safe to express their opinions even if they differ from yours or people around them. They want to be heard even when they don't show it. So there's so much more to a peacemaker than camouflage mode. They have strong convictions and their own value set. I have a nine in my life who's taken a long time to speak up And even now, they need reminding that their perspective matters, even when it differs from those around. That's their sacred space, when they can feel able to feel vulnerable as they share their deep, authentic feelings. And it feels risky, a potential risk to harmony. Scary. But isn't that what we want as parents, to be a safe place for our children to show up and be validated and easy to reach. So in short, nines are laid back and kind, but their tipping point is that their real feelings and opinions can be masked, and the person can get buried underneath everybody else's needs, and they get hidden. But at heart, they're full of ideas and convictions. So if you're recognising that you might have a peacemaker among your children, let's look at some ways we can bring out the best in them. Well, first of all, we can celebrate their warmth and kindness and their easygoing agreeability. And we can enjoy the fact that they bring harmony and they help people to unite. But in order to hone their wonderful skill set, let's look at five ways we can parent the peacemaker. They're actually great ways to parent in general, but they're specifically powerful in parenting a child who may be a type nine on the Enneagram. So number one, help them to know themselves. They're not lying when they agree with others. They're just detached from their own needs. It takes some gentle perseverance to dig under the tender layers of harmony to get their genuine perspectives. They may prefer to do that privately. They may need time and space to be taken aside and just asked a few questions and given that safe space to bring their perspective. And they may need to build confidence that their parents and their siblings won't clash with them if they do hold a varying opinion. Practising the art of validation will be your best parenting move here. In all the small things such as their preferred colour, their preferred cake or film, let them know, yeah, I could see why that could be. And be curious in a positive way. Tell me what you're seeing or liking or enjoying about that. And that can carry into the bigger things too. If they've got opinions about people or circumstances, let them know that you like their opinion. You find it helpful and insightful and interesting. Let them know it's a privilege for you to know their thoughts. For example, you know, I'm so glad you shared that. I'm going to reflect on that. Thanks for mentioning it. I love the way you think. Help me to understand your thought process around that. What we're aiming for here is that this child doesn't get their security from being agreed with. I'm gonna say that again because it's so vital. We're aiming that this child doesn't get their security from being agreed with. It's part of confidence and independence to have your own opinion. Number two, serve them. Share how it makes you feel to bless them. Share that it it makes you feel good or it makes you feel closer to them. Perhaps it makes you feel useful or included. And you can tell them, "You, you know, I know you're more than capable, but I want to do things for you. Number three, spot their small voice. They might quietly venture in with a question or a statement that reveals their opinion, and that's their litmus test. But quite often in family life, it can get overridden but come back to them with acceptance. Pick it out and notice it. Or if you think a stronger character might shout them down, such as a louder sibling, return to the issue later and let them know that you value what they said. And chat to the other family members about supporting that child to feel safe to have an opinion. Take time to listen to them and get their opinion into the mix. Help your family to know that understanding is more important than agreement. We can all have our opinions. Number four, don't make decisions for them. We're back to don't solve here. Very tempting, isn't it? But solving isn't a growth tool. Help them to have the courage of their convictions, to make decisions. Now they could be wrong decisions, you could be nervous about their decisions, but they're their decisions. Let them have their own trial and error. If it's safe to fail in your home, and safe to process out loud, they'll gain confidence. And obviously this needs to be a safe fail. I'm not suggesting anything too daring here. But when they're growing, they may need encouragement. And then they might default and ask you, well, what do you think I should do? And let them know, I trust your judgment. Send it back to them. You know, What do you think you should do? And then back them where you can. Even if you've got a better idea or a better way of saying or framing something, try to use their words, repeat them back to the child, affirm them and build their confidence in their own convictions. Be their coach, not their rescuer. And number five, encourage peacemakers to use their gifts, but not to compromise their authenticity. Get them comfortable with the word no. It's kind to let people know your boundaries. It's confusing to say yes when you'd prefer to say no. Help them to have ways of saying no that feel comfortable to them. And help them to evaluate conflict. This is really important. Sometimes in a family setting, what looks like all-out war to a peacemaker actually might not look like that to the rest of the family. So when there's been a bit of Aggie in the family, why don't you just gently go around asking each person on a scale of one to 10, how aggressive did that feel to them? And the peacemaker might be up at sort of eight or nine if they're able to admit that, but it could quite possibly be that the rest of you are around one or two. It really didn't feel that big. And help them to see that peace isn't entirely their responsibility. Once they have a fabulous gift, they can also get in the way when they're faking peace instead of making peace. Love doesn't require agreement. It requires understanding. If we have to agree or pretend that we agree in order to keep good relationship, there'll be an awful lot of lying going on out there, or at the very least a lot of laying low. I'm not a type nine, but I can see in our polarized world that there's an unhealthy desire for everyone to agree. COVID, vaccinations, limitations, Donald Trump, (laughs) you name it, they're good examples of opposing viewpoints that get really nasty online and uncomfortable around dinner tables. Those that don't mind conflict can make the noise, but others will lay low. And sometimes that gives a false reading of the real statistics. Brexit was a good example of that. So if you've ever found yourself keeping your cards close to your chest so that arguments don't break out, you'll know how a peacemaker lives every day of their lives. Agreeing is sometimes faking peace, and that might be okay over dinner with friends when it comes to religion and politics, sure, lay low. But when it comes to connection and relationships, we know that awkward conversations can lead to genuine harmony, don't we? When there's acceptance of opposing opinions, not agreement. So preventing awkward conversations can actually be preventing harmony, that very harmony that they're looking for. If we lead our children to listen well and agree to differ at times, it enables everyone to be seen and accepted and have the confidence to hold a contrary opinion with respect for others and self-respect. In short, do all you can to help your children feel comfortable with their opinion and listen to other people's opinions. But keep an eye out for that child who feels they need to sacrifice theirs to pacify others. Help them to be heard and validated. So those are five ways to parent a peacemaker. Responding to them in those ways will let them have their superpower and bring their peace and bring their harmony, but not at the cost of their authenticity. And if you manage that, in your family culture, your children will learn to override their fear of conflict and experience genuine connection with people that agree with them and people that don't. And that will strengthen them for the playground their social and family life and their working life ahead. Remember that whilst I'm focusing on children, keep your antenna up for whether these characteristics are strong in yourself or other people that you know. So whilst you can help your kids, you can also be compassionate to yourself or to others with this fresh understanding. I hope this week's been helpful for you maybe you've thought of somebody who you think "Mm -hmm, I think they're a peacemaker or maybe you've recognized that among your children I hope you have a great week chewing that over finding ways to parent your peacemaker to bring them out of themselves to wake them up and make sure that they get the most out of life and they don't get disappointed along the way by hiding their unmet needs have a great week and I'll see you in a fortnight